0: I'm Bailey. And I'm Katie. We don't start this way. We usually say welcome to Pros Tinted Glasses. Welcome to Pros Tinted Glasses. I'm Bailey. And I'm Katie.
1: And (laughs) it is 2022. Woo! Honestly, pretty rude of time to continue on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it because I got the, the serotonin last night from creating a new spreadsheet. Kind of in direct opposition to what I said on our last episode about how I might not make a spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you you kind of found the hack, which was you chose to make it pretty colors. You made it pod colors, which I'm very jealous of. And it made me almost immediately start my spreadsheet, which I have not done yet.
0: I mean, if you don't have them, I can send you the hex codes and we can have matching theme spreadsheets.
1: Please do. I would okay. like for our our spreadsheets to be matching. Okay, um, I definitely will do that sometime this week. I think I'm just going to keep dumping anything I read into the original spreadsheet and then just copy all the data over when I finally get the motivation.
0: Right. I did get a little annoyed because it ended up being a longer like project than I thought it was because I changed the form around a little bit, so I had to change some of the columns data, like where mm-hmm. it was feeding data from. But it'll be fine in 3 months when I'm complaining that I screwed something up on the spreadsheet just be ready.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'm happy to help you with any um spreadsheet needs. Again, I don't I feel like I don't know as much as you think I do, but I do I am really good at like finding the problem and like stealing a solution
0: from somewhere else. Yeah. Um that might be it and also just like I think you really Um, overestimate how much I know or how, like, functional I am in it. Could I figure it out? Yes. Is it faster to ask you? Also, yes.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe we'll have a a spreadsheet party sometime. Yeah. Um, But today, we are going to talk about kind of a a hot topic.
0: I did get into, like, a little bit of a heated moment with some friends yesterday talking about this hot topic um, and also giving them a really hard time for not listening to my podcast enough which it was unfair of me but i did it anyway yeah
1: no you gotta you gotta get them if they don't listen to our podcast they ain't shit
0: right just kidding guys i know that some of you listen
1: (laughs) well they do listen so they're they are shit so it's fine
0: anyways today we're gonna talk about plot (laughs) plot character no no plot
1: driven versus character driven books and stories correct and the reason that i mostly say that this is a hot topic is because i have been very frustrated recently with the youths and by recently i mean like the whole past year um, yeah you may have you may have gathered from the way bailey and i talk that we uh, we spend a lot of time on tiktok and BookTok. and if BookTok calls one more character driven book boring because they think it doesn't have any plot i'm gonna i'm gonna harm a child
0: Yeah, uh, that is illegal. I have to say that out loud for legal purposes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I would never... All of my threats are empty. I would never actually harm anyone or anything. But I am going to keep saying it. But my threats are always empty. Please don't worry. I will not actually follow through on any of them.
0: Right. But it is very frustrating when it, it was genuinely a good book and just, like... They're like, it was boring. Nothing happened. Lots of things happened. They just didn't, like... Go to the mall. That sounds so old. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> Go to the mall.
0: You know what I mean? Like, Why was that your example of plot? <laughs> because I'm stuck in like the early aughts and that's what we did, you know, you went to the mall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, maybe maybe let's just let's back up. Let's back up to what is plot driven versus what is character driven.
0: Yeah. I think putting the cloud emoji as the the header for this this episode notes really just is sending us over the edge into unhinged before we've even started.
1: We were already like kind of planning to have like a little bit of a loosey-goosey chat type of episode, and we are just falling right into the rabbit
0: hole. Let's ground ourselves with some uh, like general definitions.
1: Yes, definitions. So I would say that the simplest possible definition. Is that plot driven stories are when most of the conflict is like external happening to the character, and character driven stories are where most of the conflict is internal
0: coming from the character. Right. There are varying degrees of that, obviously, which we will get into, but plot driven Mm -hmm. is very much where things are happening there's a call to action or a scenario that demands direct action by a character. Whereas the character driven novels, the action may not be, um, as I said, going to the mall, the action is going to be a change <laughs> that takes place within the character that allows the, the plot such as it is to move forward.
1: Yeah. So plot driven, I would, I would think like m- most of your like action movie type either movies or stories or books are going to be pretty solidly plot driven basically something happens in the world and forces the character to react or in some stories that we're going to talk about that we consider not as good not necessarily like actively react but just kind of be like dragged along for the story like the plot just keeps going and the character just like is along for the ride
0: which I think is a criticism we have made of many books before, where the characters mm-hmm. have no agency in the plot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then your character-driven stories, they don't have to be, but a lot of times they are going to be much smaller in scope. They're going to be way more personal, um, they're going to be much more like day-to-day life-focused, and they're going to center 100% on like a character's journey, um, as opposed to like, the larger world. Although there there totally can still be plot in character-driven novels. Um, and I actually, I didn't write it in the sheet, but I have, when I was doing some research for this episode, I came across an example that I'm excited to get your opinion on later, Bailey. But okay. we'll, we'll see that. Ooh, surprise, for, for surprise, I, I love it. That
0: section. <laughs> I feel like you just leaned off camera to grab it and then thought better of putting it onto camera right away.
1: No, I just leaned off camera because Bruce was about to knock something off of a chair, so. Gotcha.
0: And there it was. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what that one is, because I know we didn't talk a whole lot about this episode before we decided to just jump in to our rabbit hole. So I think, like I said, there's like in plot driven, there's a call to action. And it as you said, it's external conflict. And I think that's mm-hmm. why, too, a lot of the youths, as you say, seem to <laughs> like those better is because it's everything is really explicitly on the page. In a plot driven Mm -hmm. book, especially YA plot driven, whereas in character, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes it's not as on the page, things are happening, not off scene, but you have to like, put your pieces together to see what's happening a little bit more.
1: For sure. And I would say that that there are pretty clear genre divisions, I would say like, I'm not going to make a blanket statement that all fantasy is plot driven, but I will say that fantasy books tend a lot more towards being plot driven. Like I'd say the majority of fantasy books that you pick up are going to be like at a base level plot driven.
0: Right. And I was going to say, I can think of an example where there are some like internal character changes that drive a plot in fantasy, but I would still classify uh stormlight archive as a plot driven series. It's just that, part of each individual character's journey to be the all i don't know how deep to go into spoilers on this um but basically they have to overcome a lot like internally and mentally to move on to the next ideal and that's
1: right and i'm glad you brought that up because i think that that is a clarification that we need to make um character development is not the same as, like, character-driven story. All stories need character development to be good. Um, whether they're plot-driven, whether they're character-driven, um, if the character is not, like, changing and growing, or even devolving in some way, like, that's that's just a bad story. And that has nothing to do with whether the main pace of the story is driven by the plot or the character.
0: Right. And I think that's what calls to this note I put in here with, like, the hero's journey. The hero's mm-hmm. journey is that's where the call to action comes from. That's like one of the steps in the hero's journey, and the hero does have to go through an interchange. But that's not making the story character driven. That's just character development within a story, and even the most basic story has that little element of character development in it, mm-hmm.
1: for sure. And I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about some stories that we think have uh, less character development that are plot driven and we consider those books to be maybe not as good um, for primarily this reason.
0: Yes. uh, And then there are some that have, you know, a lot more character, but still some plot because it is important that things happen.
1: Yeah. So I guess let's just, I mean, we've kind of danced around it a little bit. Let's just dive in. I think let's start on the plot side. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I think this whole discussion, like there's a spectrum from like all plot, no character, just vibes. Um, all the way over to like all character literally no plot like nothing happens just vibes but the other direction um, and there's lots of stuff in between and I think that the ends of that spectrum are where books are maybe not as good um, and like closer to the center where there's a little bit more balance is where we find stories that we really love Um, so on the plot side the two like kind of main pillars are all plot with basically no character where like the characters are just along for the ride. Like we were saying. Um, And then the like better side of that is where it it is mostly still plot, but like the characters are developing and interesting and growing and still like have agency with regard to the plot that is happening to them.
0: Yeah. Katie, Are you saying that good books usually fall within the standard deviation bell curve?
1: (laughs) I guess I was. Yes. Thank
2: you.
0: That's as, as you were thinking that, all I could think of was like, no thoughts behind those eyes. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> oh, it's just a bell curve. It's just a bell curve.
1: Yes, you are. You're correct. And I think that the album I think that the like art for this episode now should be a bell curve.
0: <laughs> That's fair. But it was like on one <laughs> one end of my brain I had a meme and on the other one I was like, oh, statistics, nice.
1: <laughs> and if that isn't the the thesis of this podcast in one sentence
0: so true yeah i definitely think that center where it falls is best because you need a little bit of layers of complexity to make a good story and a lot of time that means employing multiple devices to tell your story and that's (laughs) why um all plot no character i'm so sorry alina starkoff is all plot no character
1: Poor Alina. She just never once makes a decision for herself. No,
0: she has absolutely no agency in any of the books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think the Grisha verse is kind of like the main. We're like, to be clear, we we enjoyed the Grisha verse. Like, we're not saying don't read this. We're saying this was a lower quality story, especially compared to other Leigh Bardugo books, which we'll talk on later. Um, it, it it was a it was a plot plot was happening to the characters the whole time. The characters were just kind of drug along, kicking and screaming by the plot, whether they wanted to or not.
0: I think the show, which I know we've talked about this in depth, we have three episodes on it, gave a little <laughs> bit more agency to the characters and made up for that, but the books did not allow those characters to make a decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's just, it is what it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It totally is. And then...
1: um Bailey, you put down *Akatar*. I am. I am just going to disclaimer. I've read the first two, and I enjoyed them somewhat. Uh, I definitely see where some of the issues are, and I know that, like, from from what you've said and from what other people said, like the issues maybe start coming in later. And I have not. I have not read past the second one. Um, but I will agree that in the first one, again, things are happening to Feyre. <laughs> Feyre is not doing things right,
0: and I think that's definitely part of why i didn't like it and i also think that continues to get worse mm-hmm. so i don't want to like go too in depth because you still want to read them and it, like you're allowed to enjoy bad things if you want mm-hmm. i mean fuck bravo tv exists oh for sure <laughs> but i don't think that it is a there's not a lot of character growth there's not a lot of character movement of uh, things happen especially to the main character that we're supposed to care about
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I put that there and Throne of Glass is kind of the same way especially near the end like in the first couple books she's like this badass assassin and then by the end she's just like doing whatever other people decide for her. Mm -hmm. That's like negative character development that'll be interesting to read. I was going to actually comment earlier when we were talking about um, character development and you said like they could devolve and like well Sometimes they, <laughs> authors have had their characters devolve, but that that's not good. It doesn't always, that has to be done really well. And it wasn't in this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it can totally be interesting and it can be a really interesting choice. Um, it is, it's dangerous territory, I'd say, because like you said, it, it's hard to do it well in a, in a way that people care about.
0: I'm confident there are authors that can write the devolvement of a character in an emotional way emotionally impactful way um and sarah j moss just isn't that i just didn't care i was angry Mm -hmm. and then i think one of the other all plot no character sort of things is as a genre like thrillers some more so than others but i've put lucy foley down as my main example for this katie i know you said you just finished your first lucy foley
1: Well, it was my second year, Lucy Foley. I read the guest list, like, way earlier in the year and was just, like, unimpressed. Um, I actually might have read it at the beginning of last year. Hang on to the spreadsheet. Yeah, so I read it in 2020, and I did not care for it. I thought it was super boring, honestly. And then, um, but... Like what I've heard is like the hunting party is like the better Lucy Foley. And so I was like, okay. So I read Lucy Foley's The Hunting Party. It was my last book of the year for 2021. Met my goal. <laughs> I know. I was worried about that, but I did hit 250. Good books. thing you read EA. a book that you could play on breakneck speed. <laughs> um, and I again just didn't care for it that much. I don't know. I think that I I particularly I have I read thrillers only almost exclusively for, like, four years. Um, And so I have a really high genre literacy for thrillers. And so I have a pretty high standard for, like, what makes a twist good. And I think the main thing is that, like, in hindsight, you have to be able to be like, okay, yeah, I I see where that happened. Like, there has to be foreshadowing... Of some sort. I even think, I think you should be able to predict a twist um, based on the foreshadowing, but I think then when they're really good, there's so much misdirection that you, you don't predict the twist, right?
0: Yeah, I agree. I always enjoy a thriller best when, yeah, I can look back and be like, oh, shoot, I completely ignored that the first time around, and now that I know what happened, I'm like, hey, I see...
1: Mm -hmm. Like, I actually, I was watching a TikTok by, I don't know, someone talking about media or whatever, and he was talking about Chekhov's gun, right? I feel like in this day and age, everybody knows what a Chekhov's gun is, and he was talking about the best way to, like, foreshadow it, but then still surprise the audience, is by introduce something and then make the audience think that it has already served its purpose. And so then what it comes back up as the, like, actual purpose, like, it's still going to be a surprise, right? Right. So you have to, like, shroud your your twists and your your plot points in enough noise that's it can't be again can't be too much noise because then it's just nonsense but you have to find that balance between um what's interesting and what's mysterious and what is gonna like save your your twists but also um but also make it meaningful Um, And all that being said, the twist, spoiler alert for the hunting party, the twist in the hunting party came so out of left field. It was never once, never, I mean, there was one tiny thing where, like, a character knew something that happened before they had been part of the group. And everyone's like, huh, that's weird. Maybe it happened later than I thought. And that was, like, the only hint
0: the entire time. Right. I did not like the hunting party Or the I thought the guest list was absolutely the weaker novel of the two, but I still Mm -hmm. was not impressed by the hunting party very much, and I have nothing of the genre literacy that you have for thrillers. Like I usually am, still taken by surprise by thrillers. I don't see the twist coming, and yeah,
1: the number of times that Nicole and I have been reading a thriller together, and like she's finished it before me, and I text her, I'm like, hey, is this the twist? (laughs) and she's like how the fuck did you know yeah.
0: that <laughs> i just during both of the books i felt like it was so drawn out and there was no tantalizing hints of like what this was gonna be and so i was just annoyed by the end of it i just wanted to finish the book
1: and i think that she was trying to do some pretty interesting character work by like letting us into all of their heads and i think that there, i really what i'll say about the hunting party is that i think it had a lot of interesting ingredients. There were a lot of pieces of it that I liked, that I think if we, like, I mean, back to Katie and Bailey rewrite other people's books, but I think if they were fit together differently, I think that the book would have been really interesting and good. Um, But I think instead it was just kind of, like, thrown on a page, good enough, publish. Um, Like, a lot of the, like, character relationships and character interactions were, like, Uh, they were interesting but we only ever saw them on a surface level right and there was no development there either like we were talking about none of the characters develop at all throughout the entire book
0: no and that's because they're like um, a take on a closed door mystery but they're not really if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like they both of these happen in isolated settings Mm -hmm. but not isolated enough for me to buy the complete closed door feel
1: the other thing, and I mean, now we're just kind of devolving into like thriller chats. Um, but the other thing that Lucy Foley is doing that is, is just, it's so hard to do well is that she's making it a mystery, not only who the killer is, but also who died. Um, and when you're, when you're double mystery
0: like that, you gotta be on top of your shit. You right. Know? Well, and I also feel like because she tried to employ that in both novels, she used the same exact devices of you don't know who's dead and you don't know who the killer is and you're not getting the story in chronological order. Mm -hmm. I think that really doubled down on my like, eh, I'm over this feeling for both books.
1: It's like she she like took a bunch of interesting ingredients and was like, I don't know how to make this coherent, so instead I'm just going to scramble it all up and throw it at the wall and figure it out yourself.
0: Yeah, and then what stuck was these books. So, before we devolve too much farther, I think that That Lucy Foley's those two novels in particular are examples of all plot and and no character, even more than the general way that thrillers are all plot, no character, because I'm not going to pretend like Riley Sager's characters are intensely (laughs) internally struggling or anything. But Yeah, no, but again, it's, it's what we
1: were saying about the plot is happening to the characters. In Lucy Foley's book, like, the characters are not making decisions. It's like we're being told after the fact, like, this is what happened to the character. Like, they're not doing the thing.
0: Right. Which I think should go ahead and just bring us to our next point, which is mostly plot, still character.
1: Yes. So this is where I, like, I love these books, books that are, I love a plot driven. I believe Bailey, you put it in the last book or in the last episode, you're a slut for plot. Um, I agree. Um, these are books that like are mainly plot driven. There's a lot of like interesting stuff going on in the world externally, but like the characters still have agency. They make their own decisions. They help drive the plot forward with those decisions. Yes. Um, and then you know
0: they have lots of good development when i say i'm a slut for plot this is what i mean not the first one Mm -hmm. this good stuff where things are happening but you're still getting to see these characters make decisions make external changes as well as internal ones to allow for something to happen
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and this is like like we were talking about earlier this is where a lot of fantasy lives it's where a lot of sci-fi lives um a lot of those genres is you know a character making their way through a plot but they're doing it actively
0: yes which i think we don't have a lot of examples for this i'm pretty sure they will come up as we talk but i do agree that a lot of fantasy is mostly plot but if it's well written you've got characters that are actively making decisions that allow for them to move to the next part of the plot. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and our our first example was to to sort of redeem Lee Bardugo a little bit. I think that Six of Crows falls much more into this category. Um, than the Grishaverse. I think that those characters are way more developed. They're making things happen. They're making their own choices. Um, and I, I really think it's impressive how how clearly it shows Lee Bardugo's growth as an author.
0: Yes, there's a big difference between the original trilogy in the Grishaverse and Six of Crows and King of Scars because King of Scars gets to be sl- even slightly more internal as Nikolai is like, figuring things out but there's still definitely huge elements of things are happening so we don't want to rag on her too much
1: yeah no i mean we love we love lee bardugo we just
0: we have thoughts (laughs) which (laughs) one don't we i was just about to say isn't that the entire thing when we were getting into that sort of heated discussion the other yesterday about like character driven novels I was getting a little heated. They were like, oh my gosh. And I was like, well, I mean, I do have an entire podcast about thoughts. <laughs> about books. Like, this mm-hmm. is... And I knew we were leading into this episode, so I think it was a little, like, more forefront on my mind about thinking of these things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Rah. And I do think, um, as we pointed out before, like, YA tends to hang out a lot more in this mostly plot still character on a mainstream level. Um, mm-hmm. Just because that's what what kids read. Kids, I mean, I read a bunch of YA, whatever. But it's more common. Whereas in like adult contemporary, you might find a little bit more of the next step, but you're still gonna find some of this. Yeah,
1: definitely. But I I would say, I mean, I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said. And then I would just say that like most of the like good fantasy. Like, I'd say probably, I haven't read a lot of Brandon Sanderson, but i read the Mistborn trilogy, and I think that they definitely fall into the, like, mostly plot, but, like, with good character. Um, and I'd say maybe the rest of Brandy Sandy falls there, too. Um,
0: Keeping in mind that Mistborn is his, like, first series, and so that mm-hmm. other series that he's written are only building upon the experience of Mistborn. I'm, I'm gonna agree. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, some sci-fi books. I, I think most sci-fi also feel falls in here, especially good sci-fi. I don't read a ton of sci-fi. I'm definitely not as well-versed in sci-fi as I am in fantasy, but I know Blake Crouch is um, a really good sci-fi author. I don't know if you've read um, Recursion or Dark Matter. Matter. Oh, both. Yeah, Mm -hmm. both. Yeah, and I think both of those fall very squarely into this bucket as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring up Project Hail Mary as it is the last sci-fi book I read. Um, mm-hmm. And that one's more challenging because there is one person in that novel. <laughs> mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Interesting. So I, I have not read Project Hail Mary yet, but oh, I gosh, read okay. and
0: loved The Martian. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read The Martian? Yeah. So I think The Martian and uh, Project Hail Mary present a really unique case, given the fact that there's, like, one main character and that's, like, the shtick of the novel, <laughs> like,
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, we're going to have to be, like, kind of talking in circles at each other since we haven't read the other person's book, but I would almost say that The Martian might fall into our next bucket of mostly character-driven with good plot, but, like, is that just because there's one character, or is it because it's more of a character-driven novel?
0: I don't know. That's and There is an external driver of plot in uh Project Hail Mary, so I don't know if I would say the same for Project Hail Mary. Solution. We need to read each other's books and (laughs) revisit this at a later episode.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll have to table this discussion, but we'll bring it back. I do I have I have Project Hail Mary. I just haven't read it yet.
0: Right. I've been meaning to read The Martian because everyone is like, how can you have read Project Hail Mary but not The Martian? And I'm like, I don't know, reading back catalog is hard. It just slips your mind.
1: That's true. I'll say The Martian is a pretty quick read, and it's it's very fun, and I just- I think he's continued this shtick, but, like, the shtick of it being, like, a full fiction- oh my god, Dolly. The shtick of it being, like, a full fiction novel, but then also having such continuously researched science and shit is very interesting. Yeah. So I guess I guess that does bring us pretty naturally into our next bucket though, which is like mostly character driven, but there's still plot. Um, and I'll say, you know, how we kind of ascribed like fantasy typically is plot, sci-fi is ty- typically plot. Some of these um, that would fall more often into character driven would be like um, most of your contemporaries, right? Right. Some thrillers that are are good. Um, I would say that romance kind of. W- like, wiggles between the two sides, just depending on, like, the focus of the romance and also
0: the author. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and put Neon Gods on the mostly plot side of that spectrum. Yeah. I think that, that is
1: fair. <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally stepped on... I am just a mess I actually accidentally stepped on
0: the charger and it oh, okay. the wall
1: when I was trying to get to the
0: top. Oh my god. Yeah, so I'm putting let's revoke it putting neon gods on the mostly plot, still character side possibly even all plot no character
1: <laughs> yeah i would i would i would definitely support that i feel like all we've done um,
0: in the last two episodes is hate on neon gods and i like i actually <laughs> like didn't hate it that much i just
1: no i definitely didn't hate it but it did not live up to what <sighs> i had hoped it was going to
0: yeah and i think as you said mostly character still plot is is a lot of like contemporary fiction that we listen or that we well you listen to i read they're the same thing (laughs) just semantics yep because i was thinking some of the things like i read once there were wolves and like there's plot that the wolves come in oh god not again i'm never talking about a book that has wolves in it ever again on this podcast (laughs) oh no
1: it's fine. You can say wolves however you want.
0: No, I can't, because now, now all I do is hear it when I say it. Razorblade tears, same thing. Like, there are things happening, but there's a lot of character, the choices the characters are making internally are changing the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: contemporary, a lot of historical fiction I feel like also felt felt falls into this bucket. Um... You know, just sort of the, the like slower paced ones. The books that um some people might call boring because they have no
0: taste. You heard it here, folks. We're right <laughs> and we should say it. So
1: we are always right and we should say it. So kind of the, the book that that sort of started this whole episode and kind of kicked it off is uh people were slandering the invisible life of Addie LaRue on the internet, and I will not stand for it.
0: I I you know <laughs> like the working name for this, this uh, episode in my head has been, you missed the point of the damn book again.
1: <laughs> Which, you know, with all of these discussions we've had recently, I almost feel like that could be its own episode where we just rant about all of it. Like, we've sort of narrowed down the focus this one to like, you don't understand what a character driven novel is. But yeah, you know, we've talked about uh, recently, Bailey and I have had many discussions about people on the internet, um, not understanding that both it is a Mary Sue because he's telling his own story.
0: I think I said, wake up bestie the new hot take on our books just dropped and once again they missed the point.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's been happening a lot. Um, and what was the one where someone was, oh, Pride and Prejudice. Someone posted on our books on Pride <laughs> and Prejudice. They're like I don't like this book. Like Lizzie's annoying and like the Bennets are stuck up and like everybody like I don't know. They're taking basically saying all these things it's like yeah bestie like that's the commentary she's making
0: right it was like an op kept doubling down like don't tell me i don't get it you guys just defend this novel for no reason and people were trying to explain like like yeah you're allowed to not like pride and prejudice but like all of these reasons you're citing are just the whole reason the, the novel point. was written they're the whole point <laughs> and when people call you out on that you say no you're just calling me dumb and then you insult people and like it was the most wild i think katie sent me like five screenshots because she just couldn't get over the comments even though she knew i'd already read the entire fucking thread she was just like <laughs> and this one and i was like girl i know well i
1: when i have big feelings i have to share them so i
0: accepted it <laughs> it was just like <laughs> god damn these people i yeah it's like yeah that that's the point of the penance.
1: So anyway, uh, back to, we think people missed the point of the novel with uh Addie LaRue.
0: And I feel like the point is, is kind of there. I mean, like, the whole opening scene where she doesn't want to grow up or whatever. Like, that's what we're seeing happening in real time as she goes through. Mm-hmm. I just...
1: Yeah, she's, like, wrestling with the consequences of her decision. She is trying to build a life for herself within the constraints that have been forced upon her. Um, and she, I love the way that book ends. I won't spoil it, but like she's, she is clever and she's cool as shit. And if you don't like that book, I don't know. They don't fuck with each other.
0: Right. And I think, again, as we've said a thousand times on this podcast, like you're allowed to not like something, but it's really frustrating when you don't like something because you fundamentally misunderstand something. Mm-hmm. And then, Yeah like that Pride and Prejudice post when you because I feel like this was happening on book talk for a little bit it was like the the new hot thing to do is to like fundamentally misunderstand and then double down when someone was like yeah but the point is that's like the point of the novel and they're like but that doesn't that's not good and no it's mm-hmm. just not your taste
1: yeah yeah, you can totally not like something as long as you acknowledge, like, I see what they're doing, it's not for me. And I think that's going to circle us back to Kvothe and The Name of the Wind. This was actually my surprise reveal, and we got here a little earlier. Oh. Um, I I saw a post, and I don't, I don't know that I have an opinion on this, that's why I wanted to discuss it with you, but I saw a post say, suggesting that Name of the Wind is more character-driven than plot-driven.
0: Well, it, it's a story within a story. So mm-hmm. this, the story, the plot that we're like experiencing is not actually the story. I know that doesn't, that, that makes sense to me. Maybe I can sort <laughs> this out. We're, we're doing this on the fly.
1: It makes sense. It may not make sense to you if you have not read the books, but once you read them, it'll make sense.
0: And so I think maybe that's it. And I, I don't think we're ever getting Doors of Stone, Um, but I, <laughs> I do Red. agree with the part of the internet that I have seen where it's like Doors of Stone is going to crack open the Mary Sue. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna get the real stuff in in the final book, and I think that's what this is. Is like we're working through close character as he's telling these 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 stories, these fantastical stories where he's the unreliable narrator of his own life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think maybe because the the like the frame the well the frame story is the outer story, the inner story is first person and so we i feel like not very much good literature right now is written in first person i think there's been a huge push to third person but since we're hearing Quoth's story in first person maybe it just makes it more personal and it makes it feel more like he is the one driving the story which again lines up with the the fact that he is the one in the frame story telling the story so of course he's giving himself the agency and like making it seem like everything was his idea um so but i think it's i think it's an interesting kind of deconstruction of the like plot verse
0: character now
1: that we're like taking the time to think of it
0: yes i think that's a very interesting thing i wonder. i haven't read name of the wind in a while obviously because got like, i'm very bitter about like the lack of doors of stone
2: <laughs> you and... bitter
0: me bitter to us yes <laughs> but i i could see that and it it's also yeah definitely an interesting play because like i said you need complexity and layers in these stories and i think it will be interesting to see if we ever get the end of that because we're getting a plot driven story within a character driven story i think that's the conclusion i want to sit with right now
1: okay i think that that makes sense for sure Well, anyway, that was my big reveal.
0: Oh, I enjoyed it. It's giving me a lot to think about.
1: Other books that I think would kind of fit into this category. um, I think The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is very much like mostly a character centered story. But of course, like things still happen. Um, I recently read The Secret History by Donna Tartt, which I did not enjoy. I think maybe if I had read it when I was 16, um, I would have been f- totally feral over it. Um, but a- as a 20 almost 29-year-old lady, it was not for me. But I think it still fits into this category of like it was driven by the characters, but shit still happened.
0: Yeah, I have tried to read The Goldfinch. I have not tried to read The Secret History because The Goldfinch turned me off of that and I have seen a lot of discourse about how people don't like Donna Tart because they don't like character-driven stories and mm-hmm. i think that as i of course i as i said i'm not finished either of these books i don't necessarily think that because i think that the books might just be not that good mhm but i i will definitely defer to you because i am less likely to read character driven books anyway mhm for sure I, and i think with evelyn hugo I think there's less pushback against Evelyn Hugo than there was against the Secret Life of Addie LaRue. Um, one, because Book Talk was feral over it being like a secret, queer story.
2: Mm-hmm. Not like a
0: secret, but that this this person was telling about secret queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because you're getting retellings of things happening, even though what you're really doing is getting the character development, the character.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing is that um, Abby LaRue is a much smaller sto- like scope of story. Like, of course, we get a little bit of the flashbacks in the background of the 300 years she's spent. But, like, the story takes place over, like, six months, maybe eight months. And, like, that is what the story is. Whereas... Evelyn Hugo the story takes place over decades and years and we get all of this like change in her life and we get this huge whole scope of this famous starlet's entire life and so I, ju- I just think that it, like for people to for people who are not necessarily inclined to towards character driven stories I think that having lots of things happening kind of helps substitute in the plot drivingness, if that makes sense
0: I would say that Evelyn Hugo is like diet character driven. You're, you're dipping your toes in. Yeah, I I
1: mean, yeah, it's like a it's like your intro to character driven, where like it it's definitely a character driven novel, but like there's enough similarity to like your main plot driven novel that it, it's easier for people who don't usually read that kind of thing.
0: Right. As I was gonna say, I wouldn't move it down to like mostly <laughs> plot, but it's definitely an easier to read novel. For people who aren't into it as much, like, you're not putting them into, like, Atlas 6 and being like, see? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Which, again, Atlas 6 absolutely falls into this category. This, I'd say either mostly character still plot or mostly plot still character. Like, that's the sweet spot for me, like. Either yeah. of those, I'm very happy with,
0: and I would say like Atlas Six is is going down the side of the bell curve of mostly characters, so mm-hmm. plot. Because yeah, it's
1: it's definitely coming towards the no plot section.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's still, I mean, there are still there's an external factor that's helping along some of these character-driven changes. The the time mm-hmm. frame that they have within to work, and the mm-hmm. the ultimate—I uh, don't remember the word they used—task or whatever, for sure. And then you get into
1: your like all character no plot, which I actually think are kind of having a moment right now. Um, I I am not in that moment. Um, and this is this is my my buddy Sally Rooney, who um I, I can recognize that they're they're good novels. I don't know. This kind of feels like it feels like how I felt when I read Ernest Hemingway in high school. Like nothing is fucking happening in these books. Which, again, maybe I'm, maybe I'm um, <laughs> exposing myself as someone who just is not understanding the point of the novels. I, have, but.
0: I haven't even tried to read Sally Rooney, and I will say that, like, in the sphere of book media that I am in, I see almost nothing about Sally Rooney. Really? Yeah. I see
1: lots about uh, about normal people, about actually all three of her books now that Beautiful World, Where Are You is Out. I'm not even sure um, I could
0: name a. Yeah.
1: I'm going to Google her. Books, cause it's it's there's three. It's normal people conversations with friends and beautiful world. Where are you?
0: Yeah, normal people is the only one I've even vaguely heard of. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's and an indictment on my sphere of influence in book in book consumption. Sure. Well, I think the thing
1: that we need to not discount, and by we I mean I, because I'm mostly the one making broad Sally Salieri claims, is that it is. She does a good job examining, like, a very small experience of, like, in this case, women in their early 20s, um, especially if they're, like, bisexual or queer in some way or, like, just don't really, like, fit the mold or they feel really awkward. Um, and so it's it's a really interesting, like, picture of that experience. Um, and I can see why it would relate, why a lot of people would enjoy it and relate to it. I
0: found them boring. That's fair. I I don't want to speak too much to it because, like I said, I haven't read them. But I don't think that there's anything in an all character no plot book that I would particularly enjoy, even if it is objectively an excellent all character no plot Mm -hmm. book. I think that's Mm -hmm. just as I said earlier. Like that's not where my taste is. I wouldn't enjoy it. And yeah,
1: and I remember like very vividly actually reading a book a, a Hemingway book in high school and I remember how boring I thought it was and one of my friends at the time was like loving it and she's like don't like this is this is just real life like don't you just like feel like it's real life and so like there are people that enjoy that stuff um I
0: could not be me as established many times over I don't read the classics I have not read Hemingway and <laughs> as such have uh nothing to add to this particular line of conversation either <laughs> It's just, again, not something I would, honestly, I would probably rather reread Akatar (laughs) than subject myself to like, all character, no plot. It's fair. And now I put that. I I mean, again,
1: we're doing the thing where we, we recognize that it is for somebody. We know what they're doing. It is not for us.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's probably what actually ultimately like, pisses us off about all of this discourse around it, is that like you, again, you can object, you can not like something, and that doesn't make it bad. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like Skyline Chili. That doesn't make it bad. It just makes it aggressively fine. (laughs) As someone wise once said. It was Katie. Um, (laughs) You know, it's just uh, that's what makes me so frustrated, is when people aren't seeing, like, the the point of this. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Ultimately, for me, the, the answer to, like, character versus plot is always going to be, like, are your characters even good? If your characters mm-hmm. are good, then it can have a lot more character-driven for me. But if your characters are bad, even if the plot is, like, pretty good, if your characters are bad and there's, like, no humanization and I don't feel like these characters can come to life, then I'm not gonna enjoy it. And if your characters are able are fully fleshed out and fallible and I mean, I just felt I just made a story graph profile because I guess I'm switching. I don't know, we'll see how long that lasts. I keep saying things on the podcast and then doing something story different. Story graph supremacy. Uh, but it it asks for like the the moods and things you're interested in or whatever. And then like I love a good morally ambiguous like person a person who character who's complex or does the wrong things for the right reasons and stuff like that so like if your character is able to be that i'm here for it if your character is just like somebody who does what they're told by other people or by the plot then i i don't care for it
1: mm-hmm. also speaking of StoryGraph bailey i just i clicked over to check yours we both mainly read fiction books that are adventurous mysterious and dark that Ooh. are medium paced between 300 and 499 pages.
0: Yeah, I saw that that statistic was there, and I was very curious to see what happened when I imported my Goodreads to see if it changed.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
0: um, when I first was looking at the statistics, the only book that I had read, the single book on my story graph for all of yesterday while I was setting it up was A History of Wild Places by Shay Earnshaw. <laughs> so I was like, wow. And then I added the picture of Dorian Gray. And so it was like just a real, not real representation of like what I normally read. And now that's on there. So
1: (laughs) yeah. The other cool thing about Storygraph is that when you're like filling out your reviews, it asks you whether the book was more plot or character driven. And I find myself like 80% of the time I am saying that it's a mix. I did, I could not figure out how to search by that metric uh, which would be a great feature um when I was preparing for this, but um when you go when you go to a book and you're looking at it, there's a section where it'll say, like, "Is this plot or character driven and so, like I clicked into a history of wild places, and it says sixty two percent said it was a mix twenty two percent said it was character driven and fourteen percent said it was plot driven. How do you feel that that represents the
0: book, having read it, Bailey uh, it's definitely a mix. I wouldn't have put it as character driven only really i don't think no because the external pressures plot. sure but
1: like yeah i don't i don't want to spoil this book at, so like as a as a contrast okay we'll don't we'll not we'll just move on but like as a contrast um for the atlas six it is 57 percent said character driven 35 percent said a mix and five percent said plot <laughs> which is very accurate
0: okay yeah i'll go with that flaws of the character a main focus no the 25 percent of people that put no oh fucking dumb And i don't agree with you mm-hmm. anyway I'd
1: say like there are very few books where i think that the flaws of the character aren't a main focus like that's I, what makes an interesting character but... yeah i think i
0: just went on a whole like one minute rant about that <laughs> yeah um I have, I thought of something while I was preparing for this, and maybe maybe Storygraph has the answers for us, but I don't want you to look there yet. I want your thoughts first. Okay. Where would you put a book like Beartown, where the main plot event is off screen, and it's the characters reeling from that event? Mostly characters, still plot. Okay. That's where I was yeah, going to put 100%. it, too. But...
1: Um, I think that, I guess, it, like... Even if the plot is still happening, if the focus of the story is not on the plot, that's where it falls more towards character driven.
0: And I think that the the main part of this, of Beartown is, is the character driven and the choices people have made. So I, I pulled up the story graph and it says 51% okay. character, 42% a mix and 6% plot. Katie, I think we must be forced to agree with the internet at large here of
1: <laughs> a, a rare occurrence so you know uh, appreciate it while you can
0: right that's yeah flaws of characters a main focus 81% yes 12% complicated 5% no I I again I, I think I'm forced to agree with the internet at large and it's kind of uncomfortable
2: <laughs> not to sound too gatekeepy
0: <laughs>
1: okay um I have another I have another question for us okay are is there any like book or series that you can think of that is like a perfect balance of character and plot where both are happening both are done well um whether or not you you like the series just if they're if they're if the balance of storytelling is there
0: no i have been racking my brain all ever since i came up with the the bell curve comparison i've been racking my brain to try and think of like what would be at that tip top what would be like a perfect mix and I can't I don't have it I don't have anything that I think is
1: so I I did not have anything when I posed the question but as we've been going through this I think I have the answer um so I'll be interested to see whether you agree I think a song of ice and fire is the midpoint
0: I'm not disagreeing okay I'm contemplating okay I mean probably because it is
1: there there I think it's it it's definitely a function of the scope of the story like there's so many characters that you're forced to spend the time with them and really understand like why they're making their individual choices and decisions and then understand how that affects the plot which then in turn comes back and affects the characters.
0: Yeah, I think that you couldn't have that balance without a book having the scope of worlds, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Because otherwise, you're too, you'd be too all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's fair, but I think that's that's part of why they call it like high fantasy and stuff is that it's like such a big, complex story that's also still about the people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I, you couldn't have Arya Stark's arc without there being significant character driven. Rans.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Daenerys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I, I'm i not going to disagree. Okay. And then I just, I
1: pulled them all up on Storygraph just as like an interesting experiment. And I think that, I think we can agree all of these at least fall into a mix. And what I'm interested in is like how balanced are the like minority character plot votes. And so the first book is a perfectly balanced um of mix and 17% each said character and plot. Um, The second book, uh, 68% said a mix and then 17% plot and then 13% character, which I think is fair. I think a lot more happens in the second book. And I think, um, interestingly, A Storm of Swords, which is the third one, which is what I consider the most like action packed one, but it says... 72% 72% said mixed, 14% said character, and 12% said plot. Feast for Crows is what I would consider the boring book. Um, and you would get, they said a mix 64%, 25% said character, and 9% said plot, which I think tracks.
0: Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is like, I feel like the story. We've got a Game of Thrones, which is setting the stage for all of this, which is laying out Mm -hmm. the characters, starting the action. And then, yeah, a Feast for Crows. It just starts to, it all starts to, like, ramp up. And then when we hit those last two that are out, I said a Feast for Crows and I meant a Clash of Kings. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You meant a
1: Storm of Swords. Well, a Clash of Kings is number two. I don't know which one you meant.
0: I meant a Clash of Kings. I really did. I mean, the okay. second one was like really sort of ramping up. And then, yeah, we, mm-hmm. when when we split into books four and five, because so much is happening with the characters, and he, wrote, he chose to publish two concurrent novels that focus only on specific people, I think that's where mm-hmm. it really starts to slow back down. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a criticism of it slowing down. Uh, Wheel of Time, mid-books, these are not. It's just definitely mm-hmm. slower than... The first three.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting, they are all tagged. So, a Game of Thrones is tagged as medium pace but if you look at um, the four book bundle of one through four, it's tagged as slow paced.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, most of these have like 50% of people say medium and 30% say slow, except again, getting to Feast of Crows. Um, Fifty six percent said slow and forty percent said medium. Yeah, I and mean, then also that's the same for Dance with Dragons. So yeah. I think you're totally on
0: on point with how the pace kind of happened throughout the books. It'll be interesting to see uh, the book uh, once again that we're never getting the conclusion to, <laughs> to see how that would wrap never. back up. Because in my mind, like you can look at these books as an individual story, and then you have to look at them as like the series story. And I think. Mm-hmm. With every big story like this, you've got a valley that's naturally going to come back up mm-hmm. um and I think we will come back up just like we're not now so um i i I think that's probably the best answer we're ever gonna get for like the peak peak. but do you have any final thoughts about um character driven versus plot driven books?
1: No, I mean, I feel like we've said we've said everything basically just to sum up um you may like one better than the other. It typically, it like generally does not mean that one is better or worse. Um, and then, like you said, Bailey, I think that the the answer and where everything lies is the, the humanity and the humanization and
0: whether the characters,
1: like the characters still have to be good, even if it's a plot driven novel, you know?
0: Right. And that's where Grishaverse and Akatar fall apart for me. It's like the characters aren't good. Mm-hmm. But, and that's why I think that, some of the books that are more character driven, characters are so good that even though there's not a plot, like I, it's in, I need to read it. I need to know how it goes. But um, until then, we will continue to uh, rag on the youths because. Because we are right. And we should say it. Pour yourself a glass of wine. Let's start reading. Between the lines, never know what we might find Yeah, it could be magic I just wow. do not run from me, and then growling.
2: <laughs> Bruce, drop it!
1: My mom always used to say about my middle brother, primarily, but it's very hard to discipline someone when you're laughing at them. It is
0: it's very hard, <laughs> but I'm over here. All I hear is like, "Don't run from me."
1: <laughs> he was like, "Yay, mom's here playing."